Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is Are These Books Drunk? Soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. And I'm Mariana. This is your book club with a twist, and we are your happy hour girlfriends. Yes, we are. (laughs) This week, we read the juicy short story, Evidence of the Affair, Mm. by the marvelous Taylor Jenkins Reid. I'm so psyched to chat with you gals about this seductively titillating story by one of our favorite authors to date. (laughs) Yes. But before we do... Last week was beyond special. We got to wrap up, right? We wrapped up our discussion on Infinite Country with my mom. I can't tell you how fun it was to share her with you, too, and our listeners. We got a clearer picture on another Colombian family story through my mom's eyes. We came clean about who we would write letters to. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> How our parents felt letting us go at different points in our lives and the positives and negatives of picking up and moving to a strange new place. Mommy, we love you. We, we love do. you, Ana Maria. Your mom is the shit. She's awesome. Thanks, ladies. Ems, speaking of the shit, what are you chicas <laughs> sipping on this afternoon? Ooh, like, am I the shit or is Quite the drink the, the shit? The shit. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we will be sipping on a drink that might make you want to get a little frisky if you had one too many. Oh. Today's cocktail pairing is called Love Letter. Oh, my. How Love cute it. is that? Very cute. Very cute. Our bartender found a drink that really encapsulates this short story. Bitter, full of deceit, passionate, helpless, and honest. Wow. Yeah, just kidding. It just has a great name. Okay, Okay, guys. (laughs) That's a lot for a drink to stand up to. Yeah, it's a lot of hype. And what mocktail will you be enjoying while we're enjoying love letters, Mommy M? Ah, I'll be sipping on a pen pal. <laughs> oh my god, cute. How cute is that? Isn't that cute? <laughs> I love it. So if you're joining me with a mocktail pairing, visit us at Are These Books Trunk for this recipe on our Insta page. That's Woo-hoo. right. Here to share the recipe for this lovely drink is our lovely bartender, Ricardo. <laughs> Ricardo. Ricardo, oh my. Oh, yeah. She got that chest voice. <laughs> There's a lot of chest going on down there, so. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Welcome to the bar. Hola. Hi. How are you? Amazing. <laughs> How are you? Great. Beautiful Good. weather. Not yes. hot. No yes. rain. What yes. more can we ask for? Finally. Finally, yes. a little bit of summer without yes, rain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the cocktail for the special episode of today is called Love Letter. Ooh, oh, yes. And it's kind of a twist on a boulevardier. So it's oh. a kind of a sweet and sour boulevardier. So for the recipe, we're going to need an ounce of bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of Campari, Three quarter of an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, half of an ounce of Cointreau, 
and the half of an ounce of maple simple syrup so not maple syrup we are gonna make the maple simple syrup and i'm gonna explain you how to and uh, three dashes of special bitter we're gonna shake and strain over a chill coupe glass without ice so it's a up cocktail it's very important that we're gonna chill the glass so the cocktail remains very cold yes please <laughs> I, in the summer heat we yes. need our chilled cocktail <laughs> yes, exactly I would garnish it with an orange peel because Ooh, the Cointreau yeah. the orange note I like mm. it a lot so here's your love letter oh. and for the maple simple syrup I'm gonna use a one to one ratio so let's say that we are gonna use in like in the recipe half of an ounce and we wanna have half of an ounce so we are not wasting the maple syrup mm. we pour half of an ounce uh, of water and half of an ounce of maple syrup in a container we stir until it's completely uh, merged together the two parts of the liquid and we pour it into the, the drink the exact quantity we are gonna double the quantity if we do half and half of an ounce so right. we're gonna we're gonna just pour an, uh, a half of an ounce in the in the glass it's not super sweet and the good thing that water is uh, taking away that syrupy consistency that the maple syrup has. Uh-huh. So it's not it, it's gonna be well combined in the in the liquid one. We are gonna shake it. Sometimes when you shake uh, honey or maple syrup, you see that remains in the bottom of the shaker, and you're right. like, did it even? Good. Like, do I have some of it in my right. cocktail? <laughs> None of it. <laughs> but Unless yes. you're like me and you dip your straw in there and sit yeah. on the just bottom. Suck, <laughs> suck it right up. <laughs> but yeah, to pro- to avoid straws, especially for an app cocktail, we can't mm-hmm. we can't have straws in our app cocktail. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do the maple simple syrup. Super easy and enjoy this love letter. Oh, it sounds Ooh, divine. Thank you. Gracias. La vostra salute. A voi. Thank you. Bye. Bye, ladies. Ciao. All right, chicas. Cheers. Ching, ching. Mm. Oh. Emma, I have to disagree with you. This cocktail oh. is bitter. The oh. color is passionate. Oh. It's going to make me honest with how strong it is. I do yes. think it's like everything you described. Oh, good. Hopefully, maybe <laughs> just not full of deceit. Oh. Right. Right. We'll try yeah. to keep it honest. It is. It's good. I think it's delicious. It's a little tangy. It's a little bitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My pen pal is tasty, too, by the way. It looks so yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's love letter and like pen pal is like the like the chill version of love letter. Yeah, yeah. I'm so curious, and you don't have to give details if you don't want to. But have you two ever written a love letter? Yes, like a handwritten like snail mail. Yeah, when my boyfriend and I were long distance, my boyfriend from high school, because he was in oh. Spain while I was still in Miami, and we were going back oh. and forth, so we would write letters to each other every now and again. Oh my god, that's I, huge. I wonder where I have those letters, by the way. I've definitely written, like, a love email. Yeah. Same. I don't think I've, well, and, and you know, in high school, when you used to write, like, notes to your boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, like, I definitely yeah. did that, but that mm-hmm. was not, I don't think that's a letter. Those were just like notes, notes that you passed in the hallway. It's still, 
I guess it was a modern day love letter. It carried a lot of emotion, I'm sure. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Ems? Yeah, I, I wrote a lot of love emails and I wrote a lot of love notes, <laughs> but I don't think I ever wrote one that I like put in an envelope and a stamp and mailed. Yeah, I don't mm. think I ever did that either. I don't think I did. That's so That's, sad. That is sad. It is sad. Maybe you should, now that Jason's away, Brandy, send him a love letter. Write him a little love <gasps> oh, letter to California. That would be cute. You better do that now. Now. As soon as we wrap this up, I don't know if it'll get there in time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jason's yes. dad opens it up. He's like, right. Um. A little awkward. <laughs> a little awkward. <laughs> Depending on what's in it. Mm. Um, do you think the kids these days are doing like love snapchats or like what do oh. kids do now like love tiktok dances oh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's okay. pathetic okay and on that note Slipping i love into tiktoks those DMs. <laughs> let's let's bring it let's bring it back all right okay this week we meet carrie in a letter she writes to david disclosing that she believes her husband ken is having an affair with his wife janet she even includes letters written by her husband to David's wife. Slowly, through letters, their story unfolds. Two people bound together by the secret knowledge of their spouse's secrets. Unsure of how to proceed, whether to confront them, and whether they want to end their marriages, they continue to write letters back and forth to each other, disclosing their deepest insecurities, comforting each other, and building an intimacy they no longer share with their own significant others. Events are further complicated when letters between Ken and Janet indicate that they plan to leave their marriages to be together. Mm. Oh. I want to ask you right off the bat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did either of you know from the very beginning that Carrie and David were going to end up together? Because from that second letter, I was like, they're going to end up together. What do you mean end up together? Okay, good question. Because they don't actually really mm -hmm. let me rephrase did you assume from the beginning that they were going to create some romantic connection i did yeah i did too Mm -hmm. I think there's something really special about building that friendship first. And then they were so yeah. vulnerable and honest with one another yeah. during those letters. And had, yeah. they had so much in common mm -hmm. that I think it was kind of inevitable. There was more intimacy there without the sex Agreed. than with sex. Mm -hmm. So I was and like, there this was is more happening. intimacy there than what they had with their own spouses. Like, yes. it seems like they were being more honest and intimate with each other yes. than with their significant others. Yes. But I did not see the baby coming. Oh, did you guys oh see that we are coming? going. We are We're going, there, girl. <laughs> we are there. I guess we only had 86 pages in total. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's not right. a long, it's well. not a long leap. <laughs> Less than nine months. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming either. Yeah, true to Taylor Jenkins' read, that was kind of the twist in this whole yeah. short story. Yeah. I loved it. I that was that. a, that was a, I mean, and I think it happens on, is that like the final page? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a down to the wire, like yeah. M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yes. yes. When she came out with that. I did me. have like a little tiny inkling of curiosity in the moment when she said that her doctor wouldn't even test Ken be, when they were having infertility mm. issues because her doctor said it most often lies with the woman. 
Right. And then I thought, how brilliant, because now mm. we know it probably most likely was, was Ken's infertility. Was Ken, infertility. Right. If she yeah. got pregnant that fast <laughs> with someone else. I also thought it was a pretty brilliant move that we know that David doesn't want any more kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really complicated issue mm-hmm. for him already. And I thought it was brilliant that she planted that early on because now, like, it's really, there's really no happy ending for any of them, I feel mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? Like, nobody has ended up, although I guess Carrie in some ways yeah, has I feel gotten like Carrie might be happy. her freedom. She's gotten the baby she wanted. She always wanted. She yeah. got back to move back home to Massachusetts, where right. she fell to Boston, where she felt comfortable. Right. But she did lose her marriage. Right. But I also do think that David and Janet, I think after everything, they might be able to pull through and actually find joy joy again in their marriage. I mean, but it's now be a hard he knows struggle. that he's got a baby out there. That, True, but I he mean, doesn't it seems seem like to care that much about that baby. I mean, we what don't makes know. You we say don't know. That. I'm curious about yeah. that. Okay, again, let me rephrase. I'm speaking before <laughs> I'm thinking a lot now. That it's, love letter has gotten to you. I know, two sips in, and I'm all Ooh, gone. Yeah. It's. Let me rephrase from the, it's not that he doesn't care, but like you just said, we know that he doesn't want more kids. So mm. it might not be that big of an issue if he knows that there's a kid out there that has a loving mom that will take care of and, and financially provide for the baby. That might be enough for him. I think, though, the difficult part about that is that David really loved Carrie and maybe love is so a strong too. word, but he really like they had something special. Yeah, and and his verbiage with her, it was very romantic, and mm-hmm. yeah, he was called her by her middle wonder. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of seemed like his attachment to his wife was more about his attachment to living with his children. It mm. really seemed the like family he did not, aspect. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't want to have to leave his boys, which was sort of my question about him with this baby too, like. I know he didn't want more kids, but he does seem very attached to the children that he has. Mm -hmm. And so a part of me wondered, like, does that extend to this baby? Like, do you guys think he's going to want to be a part of this baby's life? Does he just walk away from the baby completely? Like, From the way I envision him and the way that I think that Taylor Jenkins Reid wrote this, wrote him, I think he's a very caring and gentle soul, and I do mm. think he's going to want to have some relationship with this child. With the I don't baby. know. That's yeah. I do think that it's for him. It would kind of be the only choice that he would have once he found out that Carrie carried his child. Ooh, Carrie carried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have a really good family friend who, when he was younger. Uh, got a woman pregnant. They were together. I think they were in a relationship. And she said, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm going to carry this baby to term. But at that point, he was not interested in being a father. And being a bachelor has been very important to him his whole life. Like he has purposely, I mean, he's had very, he's had several very long-term relationships, but he's been pretty clear that marriage is not for him. Mm. So even if he is in a relationship, he still has this bachelor mentality. So this woman that he was with had their baby and then they were out of contact until she was in her early 30s, I want to say. Not the baby, the woman. 
no, the baby. Once the baby, his baby, grew to be a young woman, either late 20s or early 30s. What? She was pregnant with twins, and she reached out to him, her Mm. dad, her biological dad, and said, I'm interested in meeting you. I'm pregnant with twins. Mm. If you're interested in starting this relationship... And he was like, yeah, okay. And they met. And now they have developed this beautiful relationship. And now he gets to be a granddad to his grandbabies. And he's so in love with them. Wow. And they've rekindled this beautiful relationship that now. That's amazing. Isn't that? So I feel like like that could be the journey for David. Mm. You know, like maybe down the road they might find each other again when they're both in this space for that to be. Once they've had separation time mm-hmm. yeah well i have a question for you two ladies oh. along these lines Ooh. when i finished reading this story i kind of wanted an alternate ending not that i wanted an alternate ending i wondered what one extra letter tacked on at the end might look like so mm. i was curious if you had to write just one more letter that would go at the end of this story which character would the letter be addressed to, and what would it say? That's fun. That is fun. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, go. <laughs> I would like the shortest letter possible. One sentence written oh. from Janet to Carrie mm. that just says, so you're the woman who my husband <gasps> is in love with. Oh, oh, oh because I think it's so interesting that this whole story started because Carrie found Janet's letters. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I think it would be cool if, no, Carrie, yeah, Carrie found Janet's letters. So then I think it would be cool if Janet found Carrie's letters. Wow. And now it's like the cycle starts all over again, but now in reverse. Uh, In reverse. And do you mean, when you say that Janet finds Carrie's letters, do you mean the letters that we've already read? Or do you mean that maybe Carrie continues on this correspondence with David? David. No, I think the ones that she's already written. The ones that are always, okay. Mm -hmm. Ooh, ooh. I like that. Yeah, that's Because then it could be like a cool open ending, like, so then what? Yeah, so then where does this go? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of... The affair, right? I was thinking about that (laughs) during this whole thing. Yeah, Yeah. how did I not think about that? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about Allison this whole time. I was right, right. They all just become like intertwined up in each other. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. What about you, Mariana? Well, I did a little bit of prep work when I saw that this might be a question that you were going to mm. ask us, Brandy. Tell me you um, wrote a letter. I did. Did you write a letter? Oh, I did. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 Give okay. it to us. Initially, I would have had David write one more letter to Carrie responding mm-hmm. to the news of his daughter. But then I thought that what would make a more interesting ending was that Janet would write to Carrie, like you just said. Wow. Did you write a letter? But that wasn't. Or that Ken would write to Carrie. And then last week when we were talking about like closure and getting that closure when if we would choose someone to write a letter to, we would write that letter either asking for forgiveness or being able to let those things go. So I decided that my letter would be from Ken to Carrie. 
Oh, shit. Like this. <laughs> Am I going to so, cry? I don't know. Oh, God. September 10th, 1981. <gasps> oh That's God. your due date. Yeah. <laughs> you weirdo. I'm a weirdo. My, <laughs> my dearest Carrie, it took me a long time to get to this place where I could find the strength to write to you and apologize for all the pain and heartache I caused you. I was selfish to go about feeding my desires for so long without giving an ounce of thought to how I was hurting you. I want you to know that you did the absolute right thing to find support in more ways than one with David, while I was so absent in our marriage and lives. I don't blame you for finding solace in him. And now you have what you have always wanted, an an exquisite daughter and happiness. I could not ask for anything more. I deserve to be alone and search for my own path without harming others along the way. I honestly don't know what came over me. All I can say is that I love the person I was when I was with Janet. I no longer felt invisible. I was finally seen. I wasn't her safe choice. All I wish for you is just that. I want someone to love you the way you deserve to be loved and cherished. You will always have a piece of my heart, Carrie. Your first husband, Ken. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> you know what's amazing about that is that it's like it was it was written in the style of the story. Like it sounded it like Taylor Jenkins Jenkins <laughs> Reed wrote that. Oh my God. We have me. a new author on our hands. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I love that oh. I love that you um that you gave it like a little closure for for her that you for gave her. Carrie the yeah. the ability to have closure with him because that is something that we're missing yeah because she never really heard from him the way the the devastating letters that she got at the end yeah you know, or that wish, she read that at ending the end was tough the fact that David's wife rethinks what she's doing and decides to go back to him but she's left with this knowledge that, like, her husband was full on fighting to leave her. Yeah. And then Ugh. he made that smarmy move of, like, pretending that it was that he really wanted to be with her, but it was just right. because she had turned him down. Right. Right. Wait, what is, do you have an answer for this, Brandy? Did yeah. you come up with a letter? I do, but it's not as good as either one of yours. Come Stop on. it. So mine would be addressed from David to Janet. And for oh. me, it would be a note that he's left behind, like, on the kitchen table oh. when he's taken his boys, like, to the park or something. And in the letter, he would explain the whole damn thing story that he knew about her affair that he was in communication with ken's wife through the whole thing and that he's now having a baby with this woman and that he really wants to be a part of that baby's Mm -hmm. life while still remaining married to janet so for me it would be a letter where he's kind of putting the ball in her court saying like i've screwed up too there's now a baby and i want to be part of that baby's life so like your move like Mm -hmm. what what do you want to do But he's made the choice. But he's made the choice that he's going to be part of that baby's Mm -hmm. life. Because I do think his kids were so important to him. So I can't see him just turning his back on that baby. Totally. And like you said, Emma, like he was in love with her. I think he was. He really, that verbiage to her was so flowery and full of romance. And when he called her Carrie, what's her middle name? Carrie Ann? 
Yeah, yeah. once he used so, her middle name, I was like, yeah. uh-oh, it's over. Well, and when he said, like, your hair smells like coconuts, mm-hmm. I can't believe no one's ever told you that before. Like, yeah. that yeah. up, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, we are gone now. We yeah, actually, gone. when I read that they had had a child, I was like, yeah, so they did have sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. had to, yeah. To that. Right. You're so right, because I really wasn't sure <laughs> how far it had gotten. Right. She purposely kind of keeps you in the dark. Yeah. And you know what else I think is really cool about that ending is that her being pregnant gives a whole nother meaning to the title of the story, Evidence of the Affair. Mm. Because being pregnant is literal evidence, evidence. of their affair because yeah. they now also have had an affair. They're still technically married. Right. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of these marriages, which really, right. I mean, when are we not going to speak? This is a terrible segue. All, the whole story is about marriages. This whole conversation is going to be about marriages. Yeah, so totally. while we're while we're talking about the story, Carrie writes to David in one of her letters regarding the way her marriage and life as a wife have unfolded. This just isn't how it was all supposed to go, oh, which was so, so heartbreaking, so heartbreaking for me. <laughs> I know. This is like, this is a heavy question. It, well, I guess depending on how you look at it. But mm. did either of you create expectations for your marriage and maybe what your life would look like once you got married? And do you feel that it's met those, surpassed them, or have left something to be desired? Wow. Wow. Okay, Emma. <laughs> Take a sip of that love letter, that oh, pen pal. <laughs> my pen pal, come to me. <laughs> I need a sip of my TikTok love letter. What was it? TikTok love letter? TikTok love letter. My TikTok Yeah. Well, okay. So with us, there was definitely an expectation that we set early on just about the way we treat each other. To me, like showing a lack of respect for your partner is like, it's a slippery slope and it's a poison in your relationship that will start to eat away at it. So that was one, probably like the biggest thing that when we started our relationship, I was like, this is a very high bar and we always stay at this very high bar. Mm-hmm. And we definitely set an expectation early on about cheating. And that expectation was if either one of us cheats, the other person immediately leaves and you don't get visitation with Doc, mm-hmm. which is oh. which is very serious. Yeah. yeah. No visitation with our angel bear. That's oh. that's that enough really to keep anybody honest. Things. Yeah. 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 Um, the only thing that I can think of, though, about this question is not an expectation that we set. And I think I maybe shouldn't say this, but like I think a lot of people when they get married or just like venture, you know, into life as professionals, you do have an image of what your life will look like, whether or not that has anything to do with your partner necessarily or not. Mm -hmm. And for me, that life has definitely always looked like I will be an actor. And that is the only like expectation that I can say I've like set in my mind. And so when I think about what if that doesn't happen or what if that's not in my future? Mm. Like that is something that gets like really scary. And that's a situation where I can see myself like in a situation like like what Carrie writes, where she's like, this just isn't how this was supposed to go. Mm. And so that is 
that is like a scary sort of I don't want to say it's an expectation, but it is like it is where I think my life will go. Right. And so if it doesn't, it would be devastating Mm -hmm. in that way. But outside of your marriage. Yeah. More so for like you as a human and how that would affect how you relate to your partner. Exactly. Yeah. Because I can see being that disappointed in myself really derailing life, you know? Like, I don't know what that would lead to. Yeah, and and it has been said, or I've heard time and time again, that if you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be able to make your... How the hell are you going to be? Yeah, exactly. 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 So I can see where that is something to fear because it's... It's tough. That's that's not to say that's your identity, but that's but that's in who some you ways, are. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I get. Yeah, that. how could you not show up differently in your marriage if right. all of that's going on internally? When who you are as a person, mm-hmm. as you see it, has crumbled, it would yeah, change you. Feel you. Failure. Yeah, it would change you'd be your a completely different. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Totally. I get that. Oof. Yikes. Yeah. No, I get that. I understand that completely. Yeah. You you ladies know me, and I always have high expectations for everything. And <laughs> yeah. my expectations usually tend to not be met because they're unfair expectations. <laughs> Way too high. Um, like what when Carrie wrote, I seem to be a glutton for punishment. Like that, mm, that tends, I, I can relate very much to that. Yeah. That being said... As both of you now know, my parents have lived out lived out a fairy tale romance. Yeah. So I think I put expectations on me from er- very early on to kind of find my prince charming, and that love would always be enough, mm. and that uh, a marriage is like all romance and butterflies and oh. roses and yeah. Of course, my parents had their struggles, but I saw just. A romance that happened very early on for them that remained very and early on. We learned as you know. Okay. I still am remembering your mom yes. talking about her little shiny shoes and, and her stockings. Old, I cannot. <laughs> Sorry. I know. <laughs> I just had a mental image. That's so why I was like, uh. yeah. So it was hard for me not to compare what my yeah. marriage would be like. And also the the idea that, you know, things might not end up working out because there is the, always that possibility. Of course. But I think from having that example and then being able to kind of grow up, have the opportunity to grow up with my partner, we have kind of been able to figure out what the best structure and foundation for us is. And that's always been our friendship. Hmm. And friendship has always surpassed like the love that we have for one another because it's we genuinely adore each other as people. And I think that's where Hmm. that respect lies for one another. So, yes, the struggles may come along, but we want to struggle together. Mm hmm. So that's now become like my my set expectation that that's mm. that's where we lie. Yeah. It's just it's been a transformative journey because I didn't realize that you would have to work at it, that it was just something that doesn't happen innately. And mm. we we're very different people and we just right. have to really work at it, but maintain that friendship and that. The adoration for one another mm-hmm. and the respect yeah. for one another. 
Yeah. Well, this might sound really irresponsible, but I think I just realized in this moment that I never really set expectations for our marriage because I didn't, we got engaged like so quickly mm-hmm. because I think we just knew that we were going to get married from the minute yeah. that we met. We were just so obsessed with each other that it just kind of, I think, happened. And so there wasn't really, I'm not going to say there wasn't time to think about it because we did have a lot of conversations about what life together would be like. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really set expectations outside of all of the conversations that we had that were just, you know, we have to communicate always about whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Um, you know, anything that arises, as long as we talk about it, we'll, we'll be okay. Yes. Outside of cheating. Right. That also was something that I was very clear, you know, if you ever fuck this up, I'm Mm. leaving and I'm not coming back to you. So like, don't fuck it up. Well, that sounds like an expectation. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is an expectation. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like yeah. a pretty clear one. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I, I have them, but they weren't – I don't know that I ever really sat down and, like, made a list of those things mentally or, or not. You know what I mean? Or, like, verbally. Like, you guys never verbalized. I mean, I'm sure the cheating thing you did, but, like, other yeah. things. I mean, he asked me so many questions leading up to it in terms of how I am as a – as a person, how I keep my space, how I spend my time, you know, what yeah, are I mean, my I values? I don't think you uproot yourself from your home and leave your country if you don't absolutely know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. So, yeah, so we had a lot of conversations like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've I've had to be really open and honest and vulnerable with him about things like, I am I'm an affectionate person and I will always want to snuggle you and give you kisses and tell you that Aww. I love you. Are you going to be okay with that in the long run or are maybe at some point you're going to get sick of that and you're going to be like stop. Is I know, he you not know what I mean? That? That's not his thing. No, he is, thank God. But okay. <laughs> But you know that was something I said pretty early on, you know, mm. I, am I going to be like a naggy annoying person if I do this to you right, or are you going right. to be okay with me showing you this much affection? Interesting. Do you think you were hyper aware of that because you guys were initially so far apart, Mm -hmm. like you weren't seeing so much of each other? So yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which I think a lot of that's a luxury because a lot of relationships that happen when you're in close proximity, those aren't questions that are asked or answered. I think you because you have all this the ample time to be with one another, right? You don't necessarily talk about those things. Ah. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. So I think you guys had set expectations without even knowing because you were mm-hmm. very hyper aware, as Brandy said, of right. what each of you needed out of right. each other. Right. But, you know, it's so interesting because just last night, actually, we were having this conversation because we were sitting out in Central Park having a little picnic, which oh, is supposed to be cute. pre-Shakespeare in the Park. Oh, no. <laughs> And, you know, we're sitting there enjoying this beautiful evening and I'm looking around and I see all of these couples walking Mm. around, walking their dogs, pushing their strollers, having Mm. like, you know, the 630 stroll on a beautiful Mm. summer evening in the park. 
And I realized, I think I'm starting to create expectations now about our future now that we're together. And I was like, you know, it just occurred to me, I think because of our lifestyles, I said, I don't know that we are ever going to have that type of routine where we can have like our nighttime evening strolls together with our dog and our baby, you know, like Mm -hmm. that looks so wonderful to be able to know that Mm. you can that's like our nighttime thing right but that's just not our lives right and i've said this quote before but my meditation teacher said expectations are premeditated resentments yeah and i heard that playing on a loop last night as i'm Mm. watching all the couples stroll by and i thought i am building premeditated resentments for myself I am so perfectly happy right now with my life. Why am I trying to already create things that I won't have in the future? Or maybe I could. You never know. You never know. But it feels silly because we're both so happy now that I'm trying to live in that and not Mm -hmm. create drama that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't even happened. Well, the thing is, too, like that regular 630 stroll might look great, but like you have coffee with your husband probably every morning. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those people who have that 630 stroll don't have that. They don't have that. I have lunch with my Mm -hmm. husband every single day. How many people can say that they get to do that? Not Not If you have a regular job, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like that might be different during COVID. But like I do think like... Sometimes when you're looking at the, what is it, the greener side or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the grass is greener, yeah. that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you don't realize how many things you have that maybe other people no, exactly. you're so right. would envy. Exactly. Yeah, I did say this is going to sound so terrible, but I was like, you know, like in the beginning of 2020, we had lunch together every day. We had dinner together every day. And then we spent our whole evenings together. And he was like, neither of us were working. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I just, we shouldn't have to work. <laughs> but then I was just, like, just enjoy but life. if I wasn't working, I'd be miserable. I want to work. Exactly. So what am I really saying? Right. See, you're answering your own questions of the what ifs. Like, you would be miserable. I feel you, Mariana, though. So I'm like, funny. I just keep creating. Yeah. I want all of the it's scenarios. cycle. I want to mm-hmm. be rich. And mm-hmm. I just want to work on I what I want to do. And yeah, I want exactly. him to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I yeah. want to play Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to get to the juicy stuff right now. Not that this isn't juicy, but let's, let's yeah. go to the cheating oh, aspect no. of this. We <laughs> no. Juicy equals cheating. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think we were going to talk about this at all. Are you being I mean, yeah. the story okay. is all it's about, a story cheating. about cheating. So, yeah. So we did learn, or we kind of read a little bit more about the different types of cheating, how each party feels, which is something that I so appreciated from again Taylor Jenkins Reid that she like kind of shared with us each of their perspectives of how they felt for one another. So we didn't just take yeah. it from one per- from character. It was, we got a little glimpse into everyone's story. Yeah. Let's let it all out. Shall we? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Are you guys ready? I don't know. <laughs> Have you Ooh. ladies ever cheated? That's, that's my first question. <laughs> Have you ever been the other woman? <laughs> 
And I get it if you don't want to answer this or not. You can answer the ones that you want. But I would love don't to hear give answers us to all out. of this. We'll take them. We'll take the out. Speak for okay, yourself. Whether or not, here we go. Whether or not you've <laughs> ever felt inclined to cheat on your spouse. Or would you feel the need or desire, as Carrie did, to reach out to the other party that is also being betrayed? Those are a lot of questions. Oh, my God. This brings a new, I feel like, definition to the multi-part question. (laughs) That was like five. That was like 12 questions. Do you want me to repeat them? (laughs) Nope. Okay. Have have you ever cheated? Yes. I have have cheated. Um, And it should have been a, a huge red flag for me that I came clean almost immediately to the person I had cheated on. And he didn't want to break up, which should have been like alarm bells going off in my head. Like, how does somebody cheat on you and you don't just immediately end it? I don't know. Um, That whole thing was a mess. But so, yes, I have. Mm -hmm. What was the second question? Have you been the other woman? (laughs) I have not been the other woman in a real way. I was the other woman in like an what I would call like an emotional affair, like one of my very, very, very best friends who was a guy and we clearly like had a thing for each other for a long time, but it was always like he was in a relationship or I was in a relationship, whatever. Mm. And there was just clearly way more intimacy than either of our partners would have been comfortable with or were comfortable with. But that was still going on despite it, but because it wasn't a physical thing. Right. Kind of nobody was calling it out. Mm-hmm. But it was a real intimate thing. But it was, yeah. Like, it was definitely, like, if Jason was having that kind of a relationship with somebody, I would be like, Mm. absolutely not. Mm -hmm. That's not going to fly. Yeah. What was the other one? (laughs) Would you ever be inclined to cheat on your spouse? But you kind of already answered that. Yeah. No, because, like, Jason's just my best friend in the whole wide world. And, like... I just cannot for any reason imagine, like, just pissing that away. Like, that's what that would yeah. feel like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yep. pissing that away for what? Mm-hmm. For nothing. Like, right. yeah, I don't I don't ever see that happening. If that ever happens, God help me, because I don't know what I would do to myself <laughs> for having fucked that up mm-hmm. so badly. <laughs> um. Oh, and would I reach out to the other person if I found out Jason betrayed? Mm -hmm. (sighs) That's really hard because I don't think I would want any communication with the other person or with their person. Like, I don't think I would want any kind of acknowledgement that I gave a shit. But I would definitely be stalking that person and their partner, (laughs) like, online. Mm -hmm. So, no, I wouldn't reach out. But, yes, I would be, like... Investigating. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like hardcore investigating. Mm. Mm. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you for Good your job, honesty, Randy. Randy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you get a gold star for, yes. for doing that. <laughs> and I don't even think she took a sip of her love letter before actually. Because there's nothing left. I've oh, already emptied it. <laughs> I heard your question and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me learn from you. okay let us have it emma (laughs) have i ever cheated you know (laughs) 
It's an interesting question. <laughs> Because I've always been so quick to answer no. But there was, in fact, a time when I was blackout and I apparently made out with someone at a bar. Oh, so you don't remember? Oh, no. Wow. I only know because my friends told me the next day. Oh, And I wow. was mortified. Oh, my God. And I had only been with my boyfriend at that time for two months. So it was mm. like a very new thing. But still, and I felt so sick to my stomach about it. But I did tell him when I came home. I came clean and I wept. And, um, and he was like, he was kind of cool about it. <laughs> wow. Huh. I guess because we were young and. I don't know. Okay, so there's that. So I guess maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Have I ever been the other woman? Um, <clears throat> I am so not proud to say yes. Again, I was really young, like 16 young. Hmm. Um, But I had this massive crush on this guy that I was oh. in a musical with. And he mm. was dating this girl who was kind of a friend of mine. Oh, no. Like, we weren't close, but, you know. But you knew her. You knew her. Yes, yes. And I just so stupid like I'm just so embarrassed talking about it now but he used to say to me you know I really like you I'm not into her she's such oh. a goody two-shoes she won't do anything with me like you're really the one I want and even at 16 I feel like I should have had the wherewithal to be like fuck you no but it yeah. felt so good for the guy that I really liked to tell mm -hmm. me that he wanted me I know that he liked mm -hmm. me too And we never, you know, we didn't, we didn't have sex, but good. Still, I wasn't having sex at 16 either, mom. But, um, <laughs> just throw God, that in I get so slip, uncomfortable. Just slip that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave that there. Okay. Um, <laughs> whether I would incline to feel cheat on myself, absolutely not. Similarly, like, Ricardo is my best friend and like the best person in the world to be my partner like I always say to him you can't go anywhere because I will never find anyone that yeah. is you like you mm. are the only person he's the person for me he's your person so you can't yeah. go anywhere <laughs> so yeah similarly I would I would just never fuck that up yeah um And would I reach out to the other party? Well, that is something I actually thought about when I was in that real life situation. Right. When I was the one being cheated on uh -huh. with the other woman. Uh -huh. And oh man, did I think about that for a long time because I knew where she worked. I ultimately didn't, but okay. I did stalk her Instagram. Yeah. I knew, I knew. Almost everything about her. <laughs> and I really thought about showing up at her place of work. She was a bartender. I thought about showing up and being like, hey, you ruined my relationship. And part of that felt really good and like really powerful. And then the other part of me felt like I should be the 
maybe not the stronger woman may not be the right term, but like the bigger person by not doing that. Mm. Um, so I never did. And and I'm happy that I didn't. Yeah. But I played out that scenario for a long oh, time. Sure. Especially because I knew the things that she had said to him. So I had so much ammo that I would have just loved to throw in her face. Oh. Oh. Okay. And I feel like I asked both of you this question and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Your turn. Come on, Mommy Mariana. Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've cheated. Uh, But this, I was also pretty young. Well, I was 18. But this is with my boyfriend that I mentioned earlier on that was living in Spain and Mm. a crush that I had in high school during my summer vacation finally decided to have something with me. So I was like, oh, my God. So it was like a very similar situation because the guy that you were kind of prying over for a while and your other boyfriend was so far away. Mm. He was kind of like a pen pal at the time. (laughs) Pen pal, take a sip. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Of your non-alcoholic mm. beverage. Mm. I'll take a sip <laughs> of really my tasty, water. really tasty, though. Yeah. Mm. I have been the other woman. Um, and this happened. This was the very serious relationship that I was in before Andrew. So this, I was I was a little bit older. I mean, older, 20. Was this the 19, dancer? It was. Yes. Mm. So what happened was, is that he was in a relationship when we started having a relationship and I was fully aware of this, I knew of him. We never really had talked, but he came to a performance that I did with a theater production at Fordham. And we saw each other at the after party. And then one thing led to the other. And even though he told me he had a girlfriend, I was very interested and I felt like I would be the woman to change his mind. Yeah. So I went full on and we ended up having a relationship for almost a year and a half. And we studied abroad together. We met each other's families. I went to visit him. I'm not going to mention where he's from, but yeah, that was <laughs> serious with his, his families. My, uh, he came to visit my parents in, in Miami. Wow. He even gave me the irony of the situation is he gave me a clodagh ring. Oh, a clodagh ring? Yes. Was he Irish? I don't know what that is. He was Irish. So it's that ring it, that's like the two hands holding a heart with the crown on top. It's yeah, very um, Irish. And oh. it symbolizes love, loyalty, and friendship. But our relationship didn't start out that way. So yeah. it's like very ironic. And I, <laughs> I tell you both, I thought it was it. Like this was it. Like we were in it for the long haul. Wow. But payback is a bitch. And oh. things do come back. Oh, no. You got your as, karma. Yeah. As soon as he left on tour and I went to go visit him, which is a story I did tell in another episode. Oh, yeah. He was the one that came clean to me before he tried anything with this woman that he supposedly fell in love with. Oh, he wanted no. to tell me that things with us weren't working out anymore. So, so he's he's the slimy one. He's kind of the like, like he kind of had a pattern going, right? But I honestly, I, I I still feel very embarrassed about and very I was deceitful and I did play a huge part in breaking up a couple that was very happy, and that's kind of very icky to think about. Yeah, 
that I learned, I think I learned my lesson because God forbid anything happens between me and Andrew, but I would never see myself doing something like that to cause Mm -hmm. him the pain that someone else has caused me or that I caused someone else. Right. Let alone what I feel for Andrew. Right. (laughs) So... And there's that so, whole baby thing now too. And so like, you know. <laughs> still when babies are in the we're picture. Tied till the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then as far as reaching out, um, like Carrie did, if there was a point in time where that would have happened, that I was the one being betrayed. I mean, I was at one point, but I don't know. It would be interesting to find that comfort and that support from someone who was also going through it. But you also are like causing someone else pain because if that other person didn't know, you're bringing something to light that will be harmful for the other person so they can commiserate with you. Right. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I were in that position. Honestly, it's really hard to say because I there's an inclination that I would reach out. But there's also like if I really were there, like would I really do that? Mm-hmm. Would I be right? Would I have the courage to do so? When I was in high school, I had a friend whose parents, well, so this friend's father had had an affair and ended up marrying the woman who he had an affair with. And then this person's mom ended up marrying the husband from that other, like they literally just switched partners. Yeah. Craziness, right? And it happened because of that, because they had reached out to each other to connect about (gasps) how betrayed they felt. And then it just blossomed into a relationship and they got married and they're all still married. And see, that's kind of scary to me because I hear things like that. And then I think maybe actually their new partners are really the ones that they are a better match. Belong with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it took something like that for them to know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard when when there's a marriage involved and it's not just a relationship. It's harder to think that way because when you and get when married, and, especially right, exactly. with kids, but exactly. when you marry someone, you're basically, I think anyway, saying you are the person that I think is my person. Right. Because mm-hmm. for you to make a commitment that's that long term, for you to take Absolutely. vows like that, right. you do believe you are my person mm-hmm. until maybe I think it is possible that then you meet someone else that really is your person, but you didn't know know them when you got married. And then you can't ignore that they are actually better for you than the person you married. Right. That's scary. But I super scary. But I I do think that that's very possible. Yeah. And the thing is, with the way that you build that connection with that other person, you can really understand and comprehend what the other person is going through. And because you're so vulnerable at the time, at right. the time you're saying things that you wouldn't necessarily tell even your spouse. You're being so honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those insecurities so come out. Yes. Yeah. So maybe it's like only that sparked that intimacy in you that you didn't even know you had. Right. Well, and that brings me too to a question that, that I thought of that's another kind of scary thing to think about. But, you know, we as people are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. We're never, you know, we marry someone maybe at the age of, say, 30. But when you're 40, you're a different person most likely than you were at 30. 
I mean, I'm a Absolutely. very different person at 34 than I was at 24, For even sure. than I was at 30. Big time. So if you're yeah. always changing and you you married someone at that stage where they were in their life at that mm-hmm. time, you need to also be okay with moving with them as they change. Mm-hmm. And then if things come up where you're not okay with that, yeah, then you have to be willing to look at that. Like I was thinking about in this scenario, did Janet seek out an affair because she can tell that her husband isn't wanting to be intimate with her anymore? Because while that is something that they should have communicated about, I can see how that hurt of your husband not wanting to be with you would make you seek that out in someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it made me think about, you know, with my ex, the one that did cheat on me, I often wondered if he seeked out a physical relationship with someone else because our physical life had dwindled a lot because I, to be perfectly honest, oh, and this might sound so terrible, but I lost a lot of physical attraction to him because once we moved in together, he put on like 40 pounds. And listen, it's not to say that because he gained weight, I wasn't attracted to him because that sounds pretty surface level. There are so yeah. many reasons why people gain weight. It was, but for me, it wasn't the weight gain. It was what was behind the weight gain. And mm-hmm. he put on all of that weight because there was a mental shift in him mm. where he got lazy. He just stayed on the couch all the time. He was ordering takeout all the time. Like he kind of, his character had changed and yeah. he he was no longer like that go-getter that I used to see. He was kind of like a lazy person that was very unmotivated. And that was what was unattractive. But because of the physical manifestation of that, right? we lost a lot of our sex life, to be perfectly honest. And obviously that was very apparent to him. And I felt terrible about that. But it is an interesting question, you know, like, well, that and that's why I think that communication piece that you mentioned with you and Ricardo is so important because I do think like you can get to a place with your partner where you're you just start letting things slide, like things mm-hmm. that bother you yeah. and you just kind of stop mentioning them. You don't want to be a nag or you don't for whatever reason, you kind of just stop voicing things. And I think that's so dangerous because before yes. you know it, you wake up mm. and you have a question like this isn't how it was all supposed to go. What right. the fuck happened? Right. And then you don't even recognize yourself. You don't recognize your partner. You don't recognize your life. And then what do you do? By then you're too far gone. Yeah. And life does get in the way. So it's not only about you and your partner, but there's so many other things that we go through on a daily basis that if you're not communicating to the person that's laying with you every single night, like what your needs are. Then, of course, there's going to and that's why a lot of times I, I individuals who cheat, you also need to look at like what's behind what's happening. Yeah, right. Right. Because there is some sort of void. There's right. there's a reason yeah. why they're infatuated with someone else right. who maybe is looking like what their spouse or their significant other used to look like before or uh, is that go-getter that they fell in love with right. that's no longer present in their own lives. Right. And a lot of times we do take things for granted. Yeah. So we just like let it be for what it is. But then life goes by so quickly that then you right. realize, 
look at me now and I never said anything. And right. your and your spouse or significant other cannot guess what you want. Mm. No. And for all you know, they're unhappy too, but they're not yes, voicing. But they're not voicing it. Right. Yeah, I think we can't let those things slide. No. And it sucks because those sometimes are really shitty conversations to have to have. Yeah, but. they're hard. They're hard. Yeah. But I guess the point is communication yes. is key. 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 Yeah. But to what you were saying earlier, Emma, I um I listened to a podcast episode once and I'm I'm struggling to remember who it who the host was, but it was with Susan Sarandon. And they were talking about her marriage to Tim Robbins Uh and how, you know, obviously it had ended and everything. And she said something that I thought was really smart and that I hope is not for me, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, But she said that she believed marriages or partnerships were like seasons in your life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, you can be with somebody for 10, 15 years. Maybe that's a season of your life. And then maybe that ends and that's okay it's a season and it doesn't have to be some terrible thing Mm -hmm. you just end it and you move on and that's okay you Mm -hmm. don't have to hate that person you can grieve it but then you know there's going to be another season and again I hope that is not for me but I do think that's true like I don't think anybody should have to be unfulfilled or unhappy absolutely in a marriage that you know that is no longer for them. Yes. Absolutely. Everybody deserves to be happy. Like Carrie wrote to David in one of her letters, it is, is it corny to say my heart feels like an eternal December with no April in sight? That is pretty so that, corny. Mm, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what like Susan Sarandon meant yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally. That's pretty seasonal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's okay. It is a little corny. Seasonal, but no less corny. (laughs) Got it. No, but I think you're so right, though. I think we put so much shame and judgment on divorce, which is Mm -hmm. so detrimental. I think we need to delete that mindset that we've created that once you're married, it is until death do we part. And, you know, you said vows. You took vows. Like you said, if it's not working for whatever reason and you tried or you're just not happy anymore and you just want out, you should be able to do so without feeling shame or judgment around it. Right. There are too many fucking people in this world and life is too short for you to be stuck in something where you're not happy. Yeah, absolutely. Even if that means you have five husbands or wives, you know, or Or seven seven husbands. husbands. Uh, Taylor. Oh, I love that. That was perfect. Perfect. I feel like we got to close out there. Do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, I don't think we could get any better than that. All right, ladies. Ooh. I've got a very juicy final question for the two of you, so I hope I'm you're ready. I'm scared of that word juicy because last time Ariana used that, we went into a whole question. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> I adored Sam Smith's album In the Lonely Hour. I have fantasized about my husband with another woman. I hated the pillow man when i saw it on broadway two of those are true one of them's a lie i definitely think one of your truth is that you fantasize jason with another woman same well it's only 
Oh, it's too right, right, right. Yes, that's so one of, my one of them is definitely that. That's right. the truth. I right. think your lie is that you adored Sam Smith's yeah, album. That is, yeah. My lie. yeah. <laughs> How did you know that? I thought the same. We thing. damn you. Know you. We know you. <laughs> All right. Okay. I've had a one night stand. I used to eat my toenails. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Those are two truths right there, I think. <laughs> and I was valedictorian of my high school class. The first two were the truths. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was salutatorian of my high school class. I so yes. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't, fuck but me. I knew the other two were true. Yeah. Once she said the toenail thing, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. This is a lock. <laughs> All right, well, all right. (laughs) In keeping true with the theme of the book, mine are all relationship related. Oh, I like it. There's a theme. My first boyfriend proposed to me by hiding a ring in our cast party cake. When I was nine, I had an imaginary boyfriend named Robert Lancelot. Oh, shit. And I once had a romance with a flautist in Florence. Oh, my God. I think the cake, is the cake the lie? What do you think, Marietta? I mean, a flautist in Florence? I I sort of believe that. That's very specific. They're all very specific. And she does love alliteration. (laughs) That's true. So that might be the hint right there that that's the lie. But I think we would have heard about this cake proposal. I feel like, yeah. Right. I'm going to go with the cake proposal. That's my final answer. Mariana? I'm going to go with the flautist in Florence. Oh, I stumped both of you. No! My lie is when I was nine, I had an imaginary boyfriend named Robert Lancelot. (laughs) Wow. I didn't even question that one. No, me either. I was like, absolutely. Because you had a very vivid imagination. Right. And wow. I feel like we had heard something about this cake proposal. Really? Really? Yeah. Why do I not? Did I just? I mean, who that? knows? Years of happy yeah. hours. I, Seriously. Yeah, I probably Maybe. told you shit. I don't remember. We probably blacked out by the time she was talking <laughs> but about the flautist in Florence. Yeah. A flautist in Florence. How fun. Mm, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have an insight or a question you'd like us to discuss on an episode, shoot us an email at arethesebooksdrunk at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on our listener question segment. Listeners? What? Oh. We have a new fan. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Hearts gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts after binging all four episodes <gasps> of our discussion on The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah. you, Matt Hearts. Matt yes. Hearts, we're mad about you. We are. We can't wait for you to continue reading and listening along. So keep those reviews a coming. Yeah. yeah. Next week, we'll be starting our August book pick. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> our next book is the New York Times bestseller and a GMA book club pick, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. For part one, we'll be reading to the end of the chapter entitled The Only Way to Learn is to Live or page 70 in the hard copy. Ooh, I'm so excited. Stay <laughs> tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk to find out next week's cocktail and mocktail pairing so that you can read along and sip along with us. 
Because it's always happy Yeah. See you in August. Bye, Bye. ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.